Hello and welcome back to another episode of Nick Tiffany's Movie Reviews, coming at you online and in print format at nicktiffany.com, in audio format wherever you get your podcasts, and even in video on YouTube. Today we've got a film I've been waiting well over a year for. Zack Snyder made his move to Netflix post everything that happened with DC and Warner Brothers. He's found a home there, and after taking a sci-fi, a mature sci-fi pitch that he's kind of had tinkering around for years, decades even, after Disney says, no, you kind of don't, that's not really our audience, unfortunately, not quite our tone, best of luck, Snyder said, well, I'll take it into my own hands. And I've got, I've got this deal with Netflix, they did Army of the Dead, started a relationship, fans obviously followed him there, and now we have Rebel Moon, Part one, Rebel Moon is, it's just, it's whole concept, the conception of it, everything is quite interesting because in a time where, you know, I'm like to hear adult Star Wars or, you know, that a, a more serious, mature Star Wars is something that's like, now, oh, you know, that's a no go. That's not really our audience to me shows just how far I know a lot of people will say Star Wars has always been for children, you know, and for kids, just as George Lucas intended. A lot of people say a lot of stuff, but the point of the matter is Disney's not connecting with their audiences. They've butchered characters like Boba Fett. They have gone for a lighter approach, a more holistic. Everyone could be the Jedi, you know, everything is, I don't want to say more hopeful, but you know, even the darkest of Star Wars, hardly gets really dark for as oppressive and as evil and awful as the empire is, you know, it sure does feel like the stakes aren't always that high in a lot of these more recent shows, shows, films. And it just feels like I don't, I've been waiting my entire life for either an entire star Wars movie that feels serious, that feels adult. It's not even that it's adult. It feels realistic, you know, and I think part of what Zack Snyder set out to do with Rebel Moon is also tell a story influenced by Seven Samurai. He's a huge fan of Excalibur and the Knights of the Round Table. He is weaving in fantasy, science fiction, everything into the story of Korra, who's played by Sophia Batella. She's our lead character. She has grown up, you know, a child of war essentially held captive most of her life, trained for an army she doesn't want to fight for, eventually finds herself crash landing on a distant moon, has spent seasons there trying to live among the people, work with them, and when evil comes rearing its head into the far reaches of the galaxy, and this new regime is looking to stamp out any signs of insurrection or rebellion, begrudgingly it's up to her to kind of step back up and to create a force essentially to defend against these people. And so, you know, I don't think rebel moon really wastes any time getting going. I think this film has really divided critics already on rotten tomatoes. I think a lot of people already have their own issues with Zack Snyder, whether it's the slow motion Snyderisms, the gratuitous shots of the male body and muscles um, you know, some people don't like that he shows, you know, attempted sexual violence and then the consequences of that is 
insofar as like, you know, karma coming to people who think that they can touch other people or harass other people. Um, I know that he is not a director for everybody. And so going into this, I've already seen some of the chatter from people and knowing, I don't know. I feel like there is a void somewhat in our TV realm. And I still have game of Thrones, obviously, but it feels like science fiction wise, there hasn't been anything so crazy as far as something that's fantastical, that's been gripping, that's been fresh, that feels different. And for me, that's where I can see what Rebel Moon's doing, the groundwork that it's laying in this first film, establishing these characters, establishing a new world. You know, for some people's complaints where I've read, oh, they sure do a lot of talking and you, you, know, you meet a lot of different people in this film and go all over the galaxy. And it's like, yeah, you're kind of... The idea behind this is you're setting up an entire new universe that you're going to be exploring and expanding upon. So it makes sense to me that while you are trying to bring in people to this group to form this rebellion, you're going to make pit stops. You're going to see different parts of this world. You're going to see different creatures, kind of like you did in Moss Eisley Cantina, except here, things are a little more serious. And I mean that to say that when I watch something like Star Wars and you see a stormtrooper get shot with a blaster, or someone gets hit with a laser, you know, there's kind of like a scar mark and it's like, ah, you know, that really hurt, but it's never like you're being blasted through, which a laser usually would do. I mean, sometimes you see it with droids. They love to show it with droids. Um, but there's a lot of moments I feel like in films, especially in the PG-13 realm, where, yes, we're still trying to appeal to a younger audience as well and keep them in when it comes to violence and showing it how you sell it the purpose it serves for the story um i feel like a lot of people sometimes take the easy way out you know whether it's will make you think you know it's shown off screen not shown on but you know it happens off screen you can imagine it um sometimes you'll get the look away you'll hear a sound a gunshot whatever it is um, but there's nothing ever really that's like, oh my gosh, like that's, this is war. This is kind of horrific. And there's just dozens of moments in this film throughout all the action sequences where you're like, oh my God, like people are like, you know, people are dying in movies or you imagine they might be dying in other movies, but here you're like, oh no, these guys are for sure dead. Um, the lasers, the new weapons that Snyder and co have kind of created for this film look awesome. They sound super awesome um whether they're rapid firing or solo shot whatever even like hyper cannons from ships the sound effects are really really cool any you know and there's new i would say laser blades of some sort they're like you know molten fire blades obviously everyone's like they're like lightsabers but they look way more badass and they do a lot more <laughs> cool things with them here than they've been doing in star wars um so from just a cool technological sound effects, some visual effects side, you know, there's a lot of really interesting, fresh takes on stuff we know. And I feel like it's easy to just say, oh, they're doing what Star Wars did or, oh, they're doing what Blade Runner did. And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, you know, everything's already been written. That's already been written about science fiction, you know, our ideas of a utopia, a dystopia, everything kind of looks the same. So when someone does a futuristic planet, maybe not even a futuristic planet, just a planet light years away, 
and it's a mining planet and it's dingy and people are like, oh, well, I've seen this before. This is just a take on that. But, you know, there is only so much that can actually exist out there. Um, and, you know, we tell stories again and again in fresh, unique ways. And so I really do think that was the intent here. I think visually, most of the effects are pretty good. The action looks great. There's some shots with the ships and different buildings and locations that look breathtaking. And there's a few shots that honestly look like I felt like I was watching the flash again, kind of where I was like, Oh, that's some really shoddy CGI kind of mixed in with everything else. And so while everything's mostly good, there's a few moments where it's just like, Ooh, like, I don't know if that didn't render or if it like, you know, it looks like we're in a video game right now. And some of the ship design, as people have debated with star Wars and star Trek, you know, the kind of dirtier lived in world of star Wars, kind of adds a realness to how the ships look versus the Star Trek, everything's smooth, sleek. And because of that, especially with effects, and I feel like some of these different visual effects editors, average uh, programs, I mean, it's really easy to have things looking too soft, too sleek, and it feels a little out of place. It's like, I know this is a good looking model, but it looks too good almost that you don't you know, your mind's playing tricks on you and you don't quite believe it. And so there's some moments where I was like, I don't know, maybe, maybe because I saw it in the theater and the, you know, I, I don't know, the screen was a little fuzzy. It wasn't entirely the best screen perhaps to show it on. Um, and so I imagine watching the 4k version at home is probably going to be a lot clearer. I'm curious to see how much or if any of that changes for me. I think like a lot of people, Part of my biggest issue with this film is everything surrounding Snyder, the Snyder cut, Netflix wanting, you know, a you know, PG-13 version of this film, essentially giving Snyder a rated R version as well. What happens there, though, is Snyder's rated R or unrated version is also going to be the longer cut. And it's kind of been debated whether that's 30 minutes, whether that's an hour, um, Essentially, the idea being this is for general audiences and, you know, my Snyder Cut is for the fans or it's for people who want to spend that extra hour here in the world of Rebel Moon getting to know these new characters. And so I am appreciative and understanding of that idea on paper. But I think after watching the movie now and realizing, well, hey, you know, part two comes out just about three and a half months and then towards the end of next year, 2024, is when we're going to be getting these director's versions of Rebel Moon Part 1 and Part 2. And it just, like, it makes me, I'm anticipating it for sure. I'm really looking forward to it, uh, just like I'm looking forward to Part 2 now. Uh, but it just, like, I mean, I finished the movie in the theater, and it was like, okay, that was, like, two hours. Like, little, just a little over two hours, maybe. But I don't know. I was like, I need more. I want more. Because you can tell kind of like in Napoleon and how they kind of had to chop it up. There's going to be that four-hour cut on Apple, but we've got two and a half, 245 in the theater. There's moments in Rebel Moon where you can tell they want to linger. You want to spend time with these characters or you want to spend time in this location. And, you know, you can feel... Snyder pulling away, whether it's just with the edit, 
or you can feel that maybe something more is meant to happen here, but we're moving on to the next deal. Um, I don't know. I just like, I really, I was like, oh wow, we're almost, I, I, I could tell we were getting close to the end. And to the people who say, oh, this is a total part one movie, you know, it just doesn't, you know, it's just all set up for the next thing. I would argue completely against that. If anything, you know, to go to a Star Wars reference, it feels somewhat like A New Hope where it's like, yeah, there is kind of an ending, at least to this chapter, or it doesn't feel like, oh, now we're just waiting. You know, you got your Mission Impossible 2 or Mission Impossible Part 2, you know, where we know what's coming. We're really teasing it. We're really stretching it. It's nothing really like that. Um, so I don't know. I just, I enjoyed this. I know I wanted to enjoy it more, but I think knowing what I prefer, especially when it comes to Snyder's directing style, I'm going to enjoy that longer unrated cut more. I think there's just tons of interesting stuff here. Tons of cool, fantastical elements in the story. A lot of intriguing characters this brings to the table. I think having a little more time with them really would have benefited, especially since this film's coming out on Netflix and it's not playing in theaters. Three hours at home, you can pause, you can do whatever. I think maybe it would have been worth it to just go for it then, but what do I know? I hope people check this out because I do think it's worth it. I think if you like sci-fi, if you like fantasy... If you are looking for something that has some of those, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's even aspects where if you play video games as someone who played Starfield earlier this year, there's many moments where they're traveling from planet to planet. Um, you're at different ports, seeing different ships, all sorts of things. And you've got, you know, massive rings surrounding a planet that's just off in the distance you're looking out on. Um, so a lot of that was kind of cool in that sense of like, wow, the scope of this is really big and, the details that they like to pay attention to are really interesting, I think. And some of the mythology and things that they're creating is interesting. So I'm curious to see how audiences respond. I think they're going to enjoy it. They're going to enjoy it more than critics do. I bet, you know, I'm the odd man out. I know I'm a Snyder guy, though. So take what I've said with a grain of salt. But by and large, I think if you like any of these genres... It's not going to disappoint you. I think you're going to enjoy it. I think there's going to be moments too that also surprise you for a PG-13 film, maybe for what we're used to for this genre where you're like, oh my God, like <laughs> that was kind of brutal, but damn. Because ah, there were many, many of those moments for me. So Zach, love it. Appreciate it. We need that long cut. Netflix. You know, I'm sure Netflix is going to hear it from the people this weekend. They're going to need the Snyder Cut. I feel like they're going to have to drop it early. But what do I know? Rebel Moon, part one, streaming on Netflix now. Check it out. Thank you, as always, for listening in. For all your movie reviewing and movie needs, check out NT Movie Reviews on all social media networks, podcast platforms, and on YouTube. We've got tips, takes, 60-minute takes on Instagram Reels, TikTok, YouTube Shorts. We got a little bit of everything for everybody. And there's no shortage of great films this holiday season. So there's plenty to catch up on while you're off doing whatever. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you guys next time.